Welcome back to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Podcast dedicated to everything and anything Moon Knight. I'm one of your high priestess of Conchu, Connor. <laughs> and I'm the other high priestess of Conchu, Ray. And this episode, we will be delving into um, two issues. One, uh, a classic run, Defenders, Volume 1, Issue 49, Rampage. And for our modern run, we will be looking at Moon Knight, Volume 3, Issue 2 of a Resurrection War, Phase 2, Crescents. So, grab your issues, sit back, relax, and get your conchu on. Yes, welcome back, and I feel I may have mumbled over the word priests and said priestess. I'm not sure. I'll listen to the back sometime. Regardless, we're here, <laughs> we're in the now. If, uh, if I don't know what my priestess name would be, but you know what? We're living in we're living in the world. It's 2017. That's you could it. call me Connor Shoe, just because of how good oh, of a Connor priestess Shoe. I am. <laughs> That's just, cool. <laughs> but yes, we actually have a uh, cracking week. Uh, our last sort of uh, big episode for the year. We've got uh, two two continuing issues from last week. Quite a bit of interesting news that will spark a bit of discussion about Moon Knight in comics and on screen, mm-hmm. as always. So, uh, but, par- but before we crack into that, Ray, how have you been doing? Hey, hey, how are you, Connor Shu? I am going pretty well indeed. It it is um, the silly season. I've been eating a lot of chocolates, and I've been <laughs> I've been getting larger and larger. But um, yeah, it's a last uh, last episode of the year, so looking forward to it. What a what a cracking maiden year we've had, Connor, for um for into the night. It's been grand. So yeah, looking looking to um to going off with a bang. How, how about you? How's the week been? I agree entirely. We're just uh, getting up to Christmas. Oh well. We're, by the time this comes out, I think we'll be uh, post Christmas. But mm-hmm. regardless, for us right now, it's all going on. All just sort of, you know, being nice to just chill out and uh, read as many comics as I can. Oh, yes. We got Marvel Unlimited, just binging all the way through. <laughs> Big Comicsology sales on now. Local yeah. stores are having their sales are coming up on Boxing Day. So I am basically a glutton on both chocolates and comics. So. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, I well, am broke. That's what I'm really trying to say. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll all be broke pretty much. Um, seeing into 2018, I'm sure. Uh, what um, what have you been reading, by the way? Oh, I got a bit going on. I've got a reread of Transformers: More Than Meets the Eye. I'm uh, cracking onto more Ghost Rider with the Jason Aaron run. Yeah, I'm taking my uh, time with that one. Back through Runaways before I hit the TV show. Oh yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, excellent. I've, I've been um, I've just cracked open just this afternoon. I've started on Essex County, Connor. So I know that you, um, Ooh. you're a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's um, it's an easy read. I didn't realize. I mean, it, it's it's very deep as well. But I didn't realize um, uh, just I guess Lemire's dialogue is is very short and sharp. Um, so I, I've gone through the um the first book. I think it's about that that little boy Les on the farm. It's been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm reading the second volume of, of uh, Southern Bastards as well, which has been a, a cracker of a read. I really am enjoying that. Um, and also reading um, Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider as well, which which kind of ties in well to this episode, Connor. But we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Well, I suppose with that, we better crack onto the news and opening this story uh, before we head into big old... 20, uh, 
2018, we have a preview for issue 190 of the new Moon Knight series. Uh, a mm. big four-page preview of a... Uh, which... Do we want to go into detail here, or should we just sort of leave it at the behest of the the readers to dive into? Or yeah, I reckon maybe um, leave it to the readers. Uh, um, it was posted up this morning. Uh, my uh, my deep throat contact <laughs> over at over at Twitter uh, somehow got hold of them, and um, and so I posted it up. But I know a lot of the loonies want to kind of be um, not spoiled or anything like that. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's on the Facebook group. Um, have a read if you want to. Uh, if not, it's just around the corner as well. I myself haven't haven't read the four pages. Have you had a little sneaky peek, Connor? Or? I sure did. I oh, cannot did? help myself. I read <laughs> okay. through all four of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, I know next to nothing other than the thumbnails uh, on there, but uh, I guess I'll ask you what, what your impressions were of, uh, of the four pages. Definitely very interesting. Um but we got a bit more insight into just sort of some of the characters got to see a bit more of a take on both how he's sort of tackling Mark and uh, tackling the Sun King and Bushman which I'm will sure will be a very interesting discussion topic in uh, the next episode and sure to keep mm-hmm. on this path of sort of a a new take that you know can could be and probably is for some quite decisive uh, well, I was about to say as well, we've already had some comments on the group about uh, a couple of loonies, at least, that um, aren't too happy where, where the direction may be going. Uh, without spoiling, you know, much, Connor, um, uh, how can you see that? Would you, is, is it quite clearly um, a, a divide, you reckon, between, between fans? Or, um, yeah, what are we looking at here? Hmm, it's... I, yeah, I don't think, it's always tough talking about, I think it's just sort of knowing that this isn't the Moon Knight almost that we've seen before, and I think it's just sort of, almost sort of the, what was it, oh, there's a there's a term for it, but sort of this opening period of adjustment to this new run, and whether, mm-hmm. you know, people really um, like or dislike the new tone. Admittedly, something good I've been seeing, you know, it's been pretty decisive, but a lot of people, even who haven't quite liked it, have stuck with it because this really is sort of a mm-hmm. a grace period. That's sort of a grace period of yeah. whether this whole new and obviously completely interesting, at the very least, take on Moon Knight is uh, surely something that uh, shakes up the old status quo and keeps us on our feet. Yeah, well... I mean, there are two ways you can look at it. I guess um, one of the ways you can look is that, you know, it's still, as you say, the grace period, there's still very early days. Uh, we're looking at, like, part three still. So, um, you know, for want of, of better, it could be right in the middle of it or, or, you know, we're still kind of, I still think we're kind of early days. Um, but on the other hand as well, I guess Bemis, um, his storytelling is, is quite, I think it's quite detailed and, and quite involved. So uh, I guess you could argue that you, you do get a sense or you would get a sense already um, of where he's taking it and, and what kind of story he wants to tell. This is me talking without, you know, again, having read these four pages. Cause, um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, certainly kind of <laughs> um, rustled a few feathers uh, in, in the, uh, <laughs> the loony camp. So it's, uh, you know, any um, any 
news is good news, I guess. Any discussion is a good discussion. So it'll be interesting to see what the loonies think of um, of part three, at least. Uh, but uh, art-wise, Connor, was it um, still everything it was living up to be? Oh, for sure. And there's a... Um... I will say there's a very new environment that Burroughs takes us that is a, mm-hmm. and um, of course, um, colouring wise as well, mm-hmm. with uh, the colourist name, who I am forgetting. Uh, Ma- uh, Matt Lopez. Matt Lopez, of course, that uh, Lopez takes us on as well, that is uh, at the very least like a delight to the eyes for anyone oh. reading. Fantastic. But yeah, most right. assuredly an interesting issue coming, which we are, which are we, are we getting, um, Next week coming or the first yeah. week of? No, I think I think it will I think it will drop I think around the twenty seventh or something of December. So it is coming next week, um, but yeah, we we'll, we will cover it the first episode into the new year. I think so. Uh, a, a little break over there, but um, yeah, yeah, should be available. Yeah, next week. Hell yeah! Well, um, we will have that one up uh, after the the um sort of new year's break in 2018 so that one might be a bit delayed but regardless mm-hmm. i still cannot wait to read and talk about it and it seems like an issue that will probably need a few rereads to oh, tackle sure. on this podcast in any sort of length <laughs> yeah oh no definitely it's um yeah i mean if it's if if the first two issues are any indication um we'll have a lot to talk about for issue 190 um, a second little bit of news, second bit of news, which I thought would be good to include in because um, we have covered his whole arc with Moon Knight. Uh, Jeff Lemire from, um, has been nominated as one of the best writers, and I think it is from, uh, from All Comic. I'm not 100% sure, Connor. Um, do they have their own awards? I, I really couldn't um, find where the... What, um, awards it was for but it was posted up by Valiant on Twitter uh, just congratulating Jeff that he's been nominated as one of the best writers and it had a, um, a hashtag with all comic as well so I'm assuming uh, they're the ones that are dishing out the awards I will most certainly give it a quick look as we're talking mm-hmm. but yeah I mean very yeah. much deserved he's had a great year you know he has. we finished off the year with his moon night but we got his rough neck Mm. Uh, a new graphic novel by him. His Black mm-hmm. Hammer continues to be one of the best sort of outside of the big two superhero stories that plays with everything we sort of love about superhero stories. Um, I don't even see how much he's done this year. He's done so much. Um, oh yeah, he's definitely in the um, in the uh, spotlight for a lot of comic readers at the moment. Even one of our um, our favorite podcasts, Serious Issues for their end of year awards, I think, which they, they do via voting from the members. Uh, Jeff Lemire features heavily again. Um, and uh, I can't remember if it did include, I don't think it included his um, his Moon Knight run, uh, but it definitely included his Black Hammer and I think Roughneck as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, more Bloodshot this year, Royal City. Oh, yes. Bloodshot. Royal City. Royal City is a brilliant read for um, any any mm. avid comic readers out there. Pick that up for sure. It's a, um, it's a very sobering tale, I think, um, and kind of very down-to-earth about a family. Um, so, yeah. So, Jeff Lemire nominated, and as a, an MK alumni, we, we wish him the best, and um, I hope he comes away with the prize. Couldn't agree more. 
And uh, speaking of, well, from actually, I don't have a segue here. I, have one, <laughs> I lost it. So uh, I guess you could say uh, the the lack of of a segue was really damning for my podcasting career because oh. we got solicitations <laughs> this week. No, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running on fumes here, guys. When it comes to my segues, they've slowly progressed, at, de- degressed ever since this podcast has started. They're just, oh, no. like, they're, just they're below the graph now. We're not even looking anymore. Expect- but yeah, it was uh, last. Uh, oh God, I can't even keep track of the weeks. This week, this uh, Tuesday or Monday, big solicitations dropped, and it is. Big news for uh, not only Moon Knight, but basically anyone who loves both the street level and supernatural side of things. We've got a a solicitation for Moon Knight um, Mm. uh, 193. Uh, We've got the solicitation for his appearance in Daredevil and a lot more news on Damnation, the big Doctor Strange-led event uh, written by Donny Cates and um, Nick Spencer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this looks really, really good. It's a very interesting inclusion. Um, I know we may have touched upon this before, Connor, as well, but uh, I know he's in and around Las Vegas where this is um, kind of set, but including the Scarlet Spider uh, in on this uh, crossover event is a really, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting one. Uh, he kind of, I think he is a little out of, I find him a little out of place compared to your likes of... Um, of Johnny Blaze and and Blade and Iron Fist and and Doctor Strange, but um yeah, do do you know much about the Scarlet Spider, Connor? Or I loved the Scarlet Spider ah. growing up. He yeah. was he was um he was a clone of this one's uh, Ben Riley. Mm-hmm. He was um mm-hmm. basically a clone of Spider Man in the really shitty '90s clone saga. Which yeah. I obviously had no idea of quality when I was reading it as a kid, yeah. who basically took over Spider Man for a bit after that event as well until he died. Right. And basically, he's come back after another event last year called the Clone Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And he's basically, he's actually running around Las Vegas where okay. the Damnation event is happening. Right. So I feel that's a bit of an inclusion. And an interview we'll get to in a sec, I think. Yeah. Um, yep. Kate even said, I think he's a, he grew up a Scarlet Spider fan. So. I think he's even taking opportunity of the the uh, chance to use him. And it is a, like a weird inclusion, and I know that series hasn't even really been talked about much at all, so I'm hoping maybe no. this event even helps it. But I'm surprised. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I'm surprised it actually. Like, it's been listed here up to issue 17. I And, and um, of the, the news lately this week um, regarding comics of some of the cancellations of Marvel, I'm kind of surprised that he's, he's still up and around. Dare I say? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they're really holding out for this event to breathe them new life or something, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, because there is so there are so many spider titles at the moment. Um, it would be hard to get, um, you know, it'd be hard hard to get uh, noticed. I reckon if you're one of the spider titles, you've got Miles Morales, who's highly popular. You have Spider Gwen, who is just killing it at the moment. Um, great look and and uh, fantastic books from what I've what I've read. Uh, and of course, you have your Amazing Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man as well, and and they've got this Venom um, Venom Alpha uh, crossover or, or event happening at the moment. So it's uh, yeah, uh, I would have thought Scarlet Spider would have been one of the uh, the lower tiers. And and having said that as well, it's um, it's a bit of a shame there's no mention of any Moon Knight issues in this crossover event. But um, I guess you can take that as a good thing. 
yeah, they're not forcing him to sort of cut out of his story yeah. to join in. Yeah, but um, so this poster, which we'll we'll put up in the notes, uh, it's it's got four shows, four issues of Damnation, but I believe from the interview. Uh, from Donny Cates as a five-parter, so it might it might bleed into to May, I guess. Yeah, by the mm-hmm. by the yeah that that was weird. There's a uh, more interviews that were yeah um yeah. with Cates it references a five-issue series. Yeah. So I suppose maybe there's still a chance for him to tie in, but yeah, we know we've got tie-ins in Doctor Strange, Scarlet Spider, mm-hmm. Iron Fist. We have a Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider one-shot, which is cool. Yeah, that's right. sort of the Oh, Big it is titles tying in, and I think that's a uh, a reveal, then, isn't it? Because I think there was a bit of speculation as to whether Johnny Blaze would be getting his uh, be getting a series again. But it's clearly here; it's a it's a one of one. So, um, which is a shame. I would like to see. Th- currently, is there a current Ghost Rider title running around at the moment, or has a Robbie Reyes one ended? I'm not too sure, Connor. Yeah, the Robbie Reyes one ended at like issue five or something. Like, oh, really? Sadly, at the start of this year. So, oh, yeah. There's absolutely. Oh, he's in Spirits of Vengeance. Spirits at the of moment, Vengeance. Yeah, that's which may have also ended. Uh, it's sure. issue three. It's got two more issues to go, so not not long. Oh, okay. But um, it, it Ghost Rider really hasn't featured prominently in there. I mean, for a title called Spirits of Vengeance. Uh, you'd think there'd be a lot of Ghost Rider action. Uh, it, it's very much a. Um, uh, oh, I, I've been yeah just chatting with uh, the guys at the Ghost Rider podcast, and uh, yeah, the right there are a few issues with the writing um, and the the handling of the characters, which is unfortunate. Um, it, it could have been so much more. Um, was the um, was the, oh, was the takeaway from it? Um, look, I'm enjoying it still, but it's yeah, it's it's by no means outstanding or anything. So yeah, it's a shame that this is only a one of one. But um, look, one is better than none. Always look on the bright side. <laughs> uh, yeah, so damnation should be a a ripper of a, a event. I'm looking forward to that. And oh, Doctor Strange, Connor, are you reading that at the moment? I haven't read the new issue, but uh-huh. I hear that's just as great as the ones before it, which have been yes. absolutely top tier. Donny Cates has just been killing it this year. He's absolutely smashing it out of the park. And uh, yeah, very. Uh, I actually had to tweet. Um, I think I remember if I tweeted at Donny Cates or not, or to someone else mentioning him. But um, I was I was meant to cull Doctor Strange as one of my lists because you know too many <laughs> too many damn titles, but. Just the, the pure quality of um, the last three issues, 381, 382, and 383, I've just had to come back. So, um, yeah, that, that's a, <laughs> a sign of how good Donny Cates is doing it at the moment. And and I love how enthusiastic he is about um, about the characters and writing for them. When you have a writer that is so invested, kind of similar to Bemis, he was so excited to write Moon Knight, uh, it kind of reassures you as a reader and a, and a fan that it's in good hands. I 100% agree. I think Marvel's got a bright future ahead if they if they continue letting, you know, creators like these do as they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, speaking of Bemis and Moon Knight, Moon Knight isn't directly tying in, but it from uh, the covers we've seen one with uh Mr. Knight pretty prominent on the interviews and the fact we know he's sort of yes. a part of almost a makeshift team in this big fight. It definitely seems like Moon Knight isn't being shunted as a one-off street level. It seems like he's going to be really in this sort of desperate fight against Mephisto. Yeah, yep. And uh, and he's in. He's not 
only in that as well. He's in, he's in some other things. But um, what do we have next on the list here, Connor? Yeah, well, uh, just to go through um, a few more solicitations, I'll get onto that one oh, actually. Yep. In uh, We talked about the cover last week mm-hmm. uh, with Daredevil 600 yes. um, with Moon Knight being on it. But we now uh, have the um, solicitation for it in March. It is an oversized anniversary issue. Ooh, awesome. Uh, to, uh, Daredevil can see the new maze machinations coming together, but is he in time to stop them? Guest starring both the heroes and villains of the New York City streets. This oversized anniversary issue has a surprise ending that will shake the city to its very core. Ooh. Plus a look at uh, Foggy and Matt's relationship over the years. 56 pages. So Ooh, yes. I'm not sure we're expecting some sort of big arc to that'll uh, have a <laughs> heaping of Moon Knight for us. I'm, you'll probably only get a couple of pages or something in here cameo maybe more depending on how much Saul likes him but it sounds like this could almost be a status quo change to see Daredevil interacting with more characters like Moon Knight in the future yeah I, I can't wait um at 56 pages that means there's a good chance that we'll get a few pages hopefully with Moon Knight on there um so uh yeah look I can't wait for this this morning I read uh I think the latest Daredevil um, book that came out last week, uh, which is Mayor Fisk. I think it's all the, the lead up to um, this big 600 issue, um, and it's going really well. Uh, no guest stars in that one. I uh, can't remember what number it was. I think 597 or something. Um, but it was Daredevil on the run, and uh, the whole city, even the police force, uh, out to get him because he attacked the mayor of the city. Uh, so they're kind of bound to um, to see him as uh, public enemy number one. Um, and they have a code PX. So code PX is for uh, when there's any trouble relating to powered uh, individuals, I guess heroes or criminals alike. And they um, they raise a code PX for Daredevil, and they um, yeah they they come after him pretty hard. So uh, it's it's still it's a pretty exciting issue um, from Charles Saul. Um, and it's kind of renewed my faith in uh, the Daredevil comics of late. Uh, so yeah, so this 600 should look um, should be pretty good actually, and I'm interesting to interested to see how, because um, at the moment Daredevil's very much by himself. Uh, I'm interested to see how um, he'll um, rope in the other the other heroes of New York to help him. I mean, I know he's part of the Defenders, um, which I think was released this this week as well, last week as well, um, but I haven't read yet. But um, yeah. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, awesome. And um, I always be, keep meaning to catch up on Daredevil. Maybe issue 601 will have a jumping on point yeah. for me or something. Yeah, yeah. Oops. Uh, yeah, just have to go back. I hear I hear it has gotten pretty pretty great. Seems you're enjoying it. Yeah, it, it, I kind of, um, I kind of petered out a little uh, a few issues before. Uh, and just before the... Um, Mayor Fisk arc. Uh, they had this small little, I think it was a two-parter, um, two or three-parter about Daredevil uh, fighting this this crazy beast of the hand and um, trying to um, save Blindspot, his his Robin, so to speak. Um, but uh, that that was pretty good actually. It had some really cool art. Uh, I can't remember the artist's name off the top of my head, but um, it, it kind of reminded me of Lee Weeks a little. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but but early Lee Weeks because I know he's still going around now, and I haven't seen much of Lee Weeks's work. Um, so Lee Weeks used to do a lot of Daredevil as well, 
Uh, so it reminded me of old, old Lee Weeks <laughs> in the <laughs> in the nineties. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty good. But before that, I found it pretty, um, pretty mediocre. I'd have to say. So uh, it's good to see Daredevil back um, and uh, bigger than ever. And with the six hundred issue, an oversized issue. Um, yep, celebrations abound, and looking forward to that. For sure, and I suppose the. Uh the real reason we'd always be checking our solicitations. We have a mm-hmm. Moon Knight issue 193, uh, writer Max Bemis, Jason mm-hmm. Burrows, art and cover, Crazy Runs in the Family, part six. Two avatars enter the jungle. Only one will leave. The Sun King's ritual of ascendance is prepared, but Moon Knight won't go gentle. With, uh, as you pointed out, a very sort of predator-esque mm. uh, cover of yeah. Moon Knight standing on his cape atop a tree, looking down at a... Uh, the Sun King leading a pack of uh, almost guerrilla mercenaries. Yeah, it, although unlike Predator, he is in no way invisible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. He is in his bright white, uh, and uh, as as many loonies have pointed out, he's, he's standing or crouching on top of his cape. So practicality-wise, I don't think he'd stand up straight. Um, he'll have to kind of <laughs> rustle in his thing. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking at it, camouflage, look, he's in the middle of the jungle, so he kind of sticks out like the proverbi- proverbial. But uh, it's a cool a cool cover. Again, Jason Burroughs, oh, man, he was he was made to, to draw Daredevil comics, I think. Uh, and, yeah, Sun King in the foreground. This is interesting, Connor, because we know from the previous covers we saw Moon Knight battling... Well, we're kind of tied up uh, in the ocean, right, with some sharks. Uh, it, it appears like he's been, I don't know, transported or taken to some sort of island. Um, I don't know. I'm speculating maybe there's some sort of Sun King temple or um, or totem there, maybe, that the Sun King is kind of drawn towards. Um any any thoughts as to why Moon Knight is in the jungle? Um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, Bushman and the Sun King put him there for a reason. Mm. No idea why. And actually, that's pretty good uh, speculation. I don't really have much to add, but it certainly is a, a whole different scope for Moon Knight. Definitely, yeah. yeah, maybe trying to take him out of his element. Put him in the weakest spot he can be. Yeah, you know, this isn't his sprawling urban streets. It's very interesting because uh, I think a couple of years ago as well, and going back to Daredevil, I remember I think I think it was in the Mark Wade run. Um, he put Daredevil in the middle of a jungle as well, and it's so kind of jarring because you're so used to these um, street level, you know, literally um, in, in urban heroes, as you say, um, swinging around and um, on rooftops. But to have them in the jungle is so weird, and and with Daredevil it was very strange because with his um his heightened powers he was finding it very difficult to latch onto stuff because I guess the surface area of the jungle is different, the noises are different, um so he was really disoriented. Um, it would be interesting to see how Moon Knight handles it. He, I mean, not to say that he's got heightened senses, but uh, he does he does have a a, a soldier's background as well. So guerrilla warfare is not um, unknown to him, uh, but again, having said that, he yeah he does stick out. So I don't know how he'll he'll go. You know he'll go um, gorilla on these guys. But uh, it's exciting to see actually. And um, yeah, I'm wondering. Look, I, I just threw that out there with the um, the Sun King thing. It's weird, right? Because the Sun King's meant to be of an Egyptian um, mythology, right? So 
uh, you know, I don't know why there would be some sort of temple in a on an island somewhere. Um, but you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We've got like three or four episodes to find out. Yeah, I, I, on like yeah, honestly, it's so far in the future mm. and such a big jump. Almost it seems like such massive spectralating, but I guess we better. We have so much to see with how it turns out, but it just it really just seems such a stark contrast from the issues that comes before it. It is, and it's and gonna. I, I don't know. It seems. Sorry. Oh. Uh, definitely just gonna finish off that it seems like a jungle is a poor place to put a man who shoots fire from his hands. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, you could you could raise the whole things to the ground. I mean, like you know, that's not very good and it's not very sustainable. Although, mind you, we do a lot of backburning here. Maybe he he can have a job in Australia somewhere. Do a bit of back burning, Mr. Sun King, patient 86. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, oh, I've kind of forgot what I was. That's uh, okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, I was about to say, like, we're we're only about, like, only now we're about to get that issue 190 with um, with the Sun King. You know, the cover with the Sun King and Moon Knight um, with his truncheons um, battling on the yeah. rooftop. How long ago was that that we saw? that preview cover so that was like yonks ago and we're only just coming up to it now uh so this is pretty much the same this will be kind of the same thing we'll be um talking about these this months from now going oh yeah we're finally here <laughs> yeah yeah these previews they give you so much in advance don't they yeah, yeah. i mean almost it feels like Maybe not reading them out if uh, if you maybe don't want us to read them out. Of course, message in and we can oh, yeah. change the way we, we approach these. But I don't know. It just seems so even hard to fathom right now, which, like you said, will become so natural when yeah. after we hit this point. Well, it's pretty cool as well. Like um, In these solicitations, anyway, I think they are kind of like the Netflix. You know how the Netflix um, shows have synopses as well? Um, they, you know, masterfully written, so they actually say a lot but don't tell anything. Um, I, th I think these this uh, these bullet points are along the same lines. I mean, it says two avatars enter the jungle, only one will leave. That's a very, you know, a very thrilling statement. Um, and very final statement. Very final. St well, true. Oh, okay. Yeah. So part six. This might this very well be. Um, might very well be the end, as well. Um. And the Sun King's ritual of ascendance is prepared. I mean, look, it's very, um, very vague, but uh, it does give a little taste. So, um, so that's pretty cool as well. Um, so we mentioned earlier that Donny Cates had an interview um, with. Uh, let me just see, uh, CBR, I think, Comic Book Resources, and uh, they they spoke to him about um, Damnation, the events, and. Uh, and look, there was a little mention here of, of Moon Knight, just basically how Donny Cates was um, excited to write characters such as Blade, uh, Blade and Moon Knight and Iron Fist. Uh, but he goes on here, Connor, to say um, basically that Damnation is going to be kind of like the Annihilation uh, crossover event um, in Marvel. Uh, by that, he means, I guess, it will lay the foundation for the magical corner of the universe much like uh, annihilation did for the cosmic um so that's a pretty big call i think and um there must be massive ramifications for this i had the exact same thought i love that cosmic era i love yeah what the annihilation vent like it did i'm following that and i really hope that that's sort of what we will see you know 
I think that interview, you know, didn't really tell us all that much. Just maybe sort of boosted mm. your faith a bit more in the event. But yeah. when I think about it, you know, all those titles that are tying in the the effect of annihilation, the um, repercussions after, like that's a big thing with titles like Iron Fist. We may get another Ghost Rider series properly after that oh, one shot. Can't wait. Depending on how that sells. And um, I mean, if we're looking, if that is, you know, true of issue, um, if that issue six is pretty final of Moon Knight, who knows, you know, we might have issue seven, hundred ninety four of um the Moon Knight run sort of being almost uh, even have its own ramifications with Damnation as he returns to his city streets that we might see as well. Yeah, because I'm still kind of trying to piece together like the like the mystical element, like like Moon Knight's mystical or um. He's supernatural. Like if you look, Donny Cade's describing this as the supernatural or horror elements as well. Um, the magical side of, of Moon Knight is is quite um, quite subtle, I think, compared to obviously Doctor Strange and and even Iron Fist, who who uh, you know uses uh, you know he 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 uses his chi, um, summons his chi, and and there's a, a magic that I guess is behind that with with Kun Lun, uh, but Moon Knight. Um, I don't know. Did you ever see a mystical element to Moon to Moon Knight and Conchu as well? I mean, yeah, yeah. Did did you, do you see any mystical content there, Connor? Um, I think I, I do. Like like you said, it's it's very subtle. But the Ellis and kind of what Bemis has started have definitely sort of ramped up. Not so much even. The Bemis run has sort of brought a lot more, I suppose, supernatural enemies to yep. Moon Knight's doorstep. Um, but I think, like, the Ellis run sort of proved that why he himself is not super mystical, he has a lot of mystical understanding. You know, mm-hmm. that whole 17 issue run was a lot of Moon Knight sort of knowing how to deal with mystical and, you know, murderous threats to the Travelers of the Night. So even if he inherently oh, can't yeah. go yeah, toe-to-toe yeah. with spell shooting, I think it's just sort of what he knows and his, like, sort of insane and, yeah. you know, um, unpredictable tactics will help out in the um, in the event. Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. The um, the the, uh, the Cullen Bun run with the Boogeyman, uh, also the Wolves, and, of course, the Werewolf as well. There is a supernatural element, sure. Okay, yeah. That that's true. Yeah, I never really associated because like when when they talk about mystical and magical, I kind of try and try and relate that to Conchu. And uh, if if you all follow my my train of thought here, uh, it's funny because like you know with the other mythologies like Thor, right? You know the god of the god of thunder and and the Asgard Asgardians. Um, although you know they are seen godlike, um, if you look behind the curtain, uh, they're they're really based cosmically. Like, you know, so they're, they're alien, so to speak. Um, if you look at the Egyptian mythology with Moon Knight, um, actually, in Lemire's run with the Overvoid and the Other Void, it does touch upon some sort of cosmic element. Uh, but actually, having said that, it was so vague, I guess you could um, interpret that as being dimensional or, um, or, or different sorts of planes. So maybe... Even there in Lemire's run, there is a, a a mystical element as well, 
as well as it's kind of mystical cosmic that's how i kind of see it but uh you, you know in the marvel universe with all all things gods and, and religions they try to um i guess explain it in other ways um so yeah so i guess with Konshu and with the sun king um there yeah there might be a, a very well a, a mystical and magical backing behind that yeah, I definitely think so. And I can definitely see the train of thought. And I think that's been a lot of people. And I think Moon Knight's sort of longevity, well, not longevity, just sort of involvement in that um that run will be how, you know, Kate actually uses Moon Knight to the advantage, not sort of just being a side-off character to help in the fight, to yeah. round out the cast. One thing about Moon Knight I think is really cool is that um, although, okay, he has the influence of Conchu, Although he's still literally just a man who, who fights his own kind of inner demons in his head. Um, and as we've touched upon time and time again before, with the supernatural or the mystical elements at least, he as an individual doesn't care and he just dives right in and, you know, and takes them on despite what may happen to him or despite how overpowered he may be so i mean that's that's always pretty cool about moon knight so he's he's kind of mixing it you know he's mixing rubbing shoulders with dr strange here you know this guy was once one of the most powerful beings in the marvel universe um so uh, and actually what do we got here as well um was it mephisto um or was it dormammu um that that was kind of touched upon i think actually in the um in that solicitation, you can see Mephisto in the background of Doctor of Damnation. Yeah, Mephisto is the big bad of the uh, event. Yeah, so you know, Mooney's up against, uh, you know, it's no Conquer Lord. There's <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> there's a bigger fish here. So uh, yeah, anyway, I just want to say that's one of the, the cool things I love about Mooney. He just he'll take him on. He doesn't care. Um, yeah, and finally, Connor, I yeah. guess the last bit of news before we dive into the reviews for this episode, what do we have? Mm. Yeah, so in what came as a tweet from uh, Marvel YouTube sort of head and one of the, um, uh, uh, let me just, uh, yeah, uh, host and uh, creator of the YouTube show put up a tweet that um, essentially telling us to keep an eye out um, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in 2018 with a... Uh, with uh that may involve uh jeffrey ward and she put the hashtag blade down the bottom and with uh us seeing um robbie reyes in season four of uh, agents of shield i think it sounds pretty likely that blade will be in which sort of opens the question of uh you know even as we move into uncertain times with possibly netflix and the streaming service we may even if the netflix service remains we may see moon knight reborn in um possibly here with blade and robbie mm -hmm. what do you think I, i'm actually liking this idea i mean previously as we always talked about you know netflix being the real fit for for moon knight with his kind of gritty and, and violent tendencies um just having seen how they handle robbie reyes um, and ghost rider on shield uh and now teased with uh, apparently blade possibly showing up um i think it'll be pretty exciting to see i'll be all for the abc to to have a uh, moon knight in their stable and um as long as he's kind of mixing it with blade and and ghost rider you've got your um you've got your marvel knights right there that's exactly what i was thinking and yeah. you know blade isn't exactly the most uh PG-friendly character no. when it comes to his uh, stories of blood, guts, and vampires. So yeah, 
there, there was a long, there's been, there was a lot of talk long ago of uh, a Blade comic series coming about with his daughter. Uh, that never eventuated. Do you remember that, Connor? No, actually. No? Oh, okay. I think it was, I don't know if it was the beginning of this year or even, it might have been oh, the beginning of last year, but they were, they were talking about, oh, there'll be a comic book series and it will be based on Blade's daughter and she kind of takes up the mantle, so you'll see a bit of Blade. And people were speculating as to whether, uh, you know, since Wesley Snipes is, is a bit long in the tooth to, to carry on the title, um, if they were actually to do something, it would be a great opportunity to to kind of revamp the um, the legacy and have a younger female version of Blade. So there was a lot of talk, but it, the, the book never came out. And uh, I don't know where Marvel just, whether Marvel just canned it for some reason, um, or, you know, the creative team moved on to somewhere else. Uh, but that was the last I actually heard of Blade. And then only now recently, you do actually see Blade popping up every now and again, a lot more um, frequently. Uh, like in Spirits of Vengeance, he's in there. Uh, he was in, um, oh God, there was a there was a really weird book where I think he, um, you guess, with Howard the Duck. Uh, I think it was with Original Sin. I think it was in that um, in that kind of um, you know crossover event in Marvel. So he he'd popped up every now and again and. Um, you know how that kind of might be a uh, a forewarning that you know we might see Blade on the silver screen. Uh, this all kind of points towards that. It's funny, actually. David Walker always wanted to write a Howard the Duck and um, <laughs> uh, a Blade series because of that. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Because of the um, because of the that that issue. Yeah, yeah. Ah. He always spoke about it when he was uh, writing Power Man and Iron Fist. Ah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, but look, I reckon Blade's awesome. I, I'd love to see him back. And any, um, you know, I was a big fan of the movies. Um, when the when the first Blade came out, that was just um, that was just groundbreaking. And and it's still kind of considered the first, I guess, Marvel Marvel film like to bring comic books into the into the cinemas. That really kind of started a um, a success. Of translating comic books into into uh, onto the big screen, and I loved it. And you know, the Daywalker, the whole the whole idea that he's kind of a, a half breed and he can walk during the daylight. He's got all the powers of the vampires. It's it's just really cool. I couldn't agree more. As always, as <laughs> always, honestly. <laughs> well, what do but you? I think, um, uh, I think regardless, yeah? this is. Oh yeah, I was just sort of saying with with all that and just sort of everything. It definitely seems. Good news for for um uh Marvel wanting to bring their smaller scale characters to the silver screen as well. Mm. You know, people well, worry about you know the X Men and Fantastic Four coming back, meaning yeah. oh we won't see our smaller tier characters. But you know, Blade hasn't even really been in a comic before this year. No, for a number of years really. Yeah, like, he's been sorely missed by a lot of people, but. Yeah, I mean the fact that they're bringing him, they well, possibly or at least the if this rumor is about, then it's most certainly in talks to bring him to their probably one of their biggest non-Netflix shows. Then obviously, you know, there's still a lot of love for Marvel and these characters and wanting to bring them to the silver screen. Yeah, well, what are your thoughts on Blade um, potentially being part of the ABC stable as opposed to Netflix? Uh, oh, sorry, and Moon Knight. I mean. 
um, potentially. <laughs> We're all speculating here, but um, would you be happy with that or would you? Um, obviously, I think I would prefer it on there, just sort of more stories they can tell, plus obviously they'd get them more on dedicated shows, but yeah, I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm slowly catching up. I'm only on season three at the moment, mm-hmm. but from what I hear now and just sort of the love people have for that show, by all means, if this is where we see Moon Knight and Blade, you can be rest assured for the setting it's in and the lore rating, I bet they will still be done to comic yeah. book perfection. You know, I still feel it'll be a trusty, trustworthy adaptation. Yeah. Really true to the comics. I mean, if you if you only uh, look at the last two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, they're kind of chalk and cheese. Like, both are great, but the encouraging thing is that both of the seasons show that um, that the TV show can handle uh, different styles. So season four was very much a darker... That was when they first were on a later time slot and it had Ghost Rider in it. That was a more of a darker setting. Uh, it was slightly more mature. Um, and this season, it it is a straight out-and-out out sci-fi show. I mean, like, you have the Kree... <laughs> Yeah, you have you have Cree aliens walking around, yeah, in their blue skin, and sometimes I'm I'm watching it thinking, wow, this is this is just like you know, Star Trek. I imagine Star Trek or Farscape to be, you know, it's just like a unabashedly sci-fi show, uh, and and so they're so different, um, uh, and that's a good thing about Agents of Shield. Like they've um they've they've it was a slow start you know they they built it all up to establish the characters um but they're now able to kind of explore um different different genres almost so um i'd be quite um reassured that uh that if they do have blade in there and moon knight they can kind of slot back into that kind of season four style um with robbie reyes and have like a darker grittier tone um but yeah yeah yeah, no, I agree. You know, I think we all want that super hyper violent yeah. Netflix show, but yeah, that you would, know, I think th- Agents of Shield still definitely has the guts to do it. Yeah, to true, do it right, true. I mean, look, look, I, I might be just lying to myself. Like, my heart of hearts probably would be <laughs> ne- Netflix would be the first, my first absolute choice. But oh, totally. Yeah, but like you know, if if the news did come that you know, possibly that he's on that you know ABC. Um, it's not like, oh, that's a shame. Now, for me, it's like, oh, that's that's really cool. That Yeah, I can see that working. So, um, yeah, that, they've restored some faith, I think, over the last two seasons, which is pretty cool. Kind of crazy, too. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's madness. It's pretty funny. Um, oh, what a crazy year this has been, Connor. I mean, like this whole thing about Disney buying a lot of this Fox stuff and... All these movies that have come out—it's um, just been a, a crazy, a crazy year for comic lovers. So, um, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't um, ask for more, really. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, if we were to do a recap of everything—not only comics in general, but Marvel and then Moon Knight itself—I think, uh, you know, plenty of missteps, but I think it's been a pretty great year, especially for yeah. Moon Knight and. Uh, we thank Pops. all of you as well for jumping on board for this podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, when we did, and I think we chose a pretty great time to start uh, talking about Moon Knight. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's been quite timely, which is pretty cool, uh, because it has been simmering um, over the years at least, um, and I, I can just feel it. We're just around the corner for something to break 
onto the big screen. But you know, that's not the be all and end all. Like the comic books are, are going are going great guns. Uh, yeah, and there's plenty to discuss. So bring it on. But I think that will uh, wrap up the news for mm-hmm. for here and I suppose this year. Of for course, this year, yeah. Any other news between now and then will happily be on our. Uh, Facebook page and group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash into the night, where we are talking constantly about Moon Knight. Yep. All the news will, of course, be dropped there as soon as people find it online. And mm-hmm. don't worry. I hope I hope it's not going anywhere as we hit 2018. I hope this isn't some weird period and we oh, uh, keep no. this up. And I hope so. sounds like following Damnation, we should be in luck. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever TV's doing, that, that's a yeah. nice thing. Yeah, exactly, and and damnation! What a what a great what a way to kick off the next year as well. But um, before we get into that, Connor, I guess we I think it's time for over the moon. <gasps> I think it sure is, and we have just like damnation itself a bit of a bit of a tie into a mm. certain spirit of vengeance coming into. Uh, narrate our bare bones for um our issues coming up we have uh was it defenders issue 48 uh, 49 and, uh, 49 there you go and uh resurrection war issue 2 so i think we'll leave it to the to the boys over at uh spirits of vengeance podcast to yeah. to kick this one up take it away Alright everyone, this is the bare bones narration for the Into the Night podcast. Uh, My name is Chris Munn. I'm one of the hosts of Inner Demons, the Nets Best Ghostwriter podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Fist of Conshu Biggie. (laughs) What is up, Brian? How is everything going, Chris? That's great. Alright, so uh, the guys from Into the Night have asked us to do guest narration for a couple of the comics that they're recapping, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We are going to do two issues. The first is going to be Defenders Volume 1, issue number 49, titled Rampage, from July of 1977. Uh, It was written and colored by David Anthony Kraft, with artists Keith Giffen and Mike Royer, Letterers, uh, letterers Irv Watanabe and Mike Royer, and edited by the legendary Archie Goodwin. So, Moon Knight swings through the street of New York, having only recently escaped a death trap concocted by the villainous Scorpio. He's in search of the Defenders, and although usually a free agent, Moon Knight is in need of their aid if he's to save Jack Norris from Scorpio and a decidedly sinister Nick Fury. Scorpio also has Nighthawk captive, as was shown in the previous issue, number 48, and is intent on using Nighthawk's vast wealth to fund his evil project. Jack wonders how Scorpio came to formulate his plan of the Zodiac Chamber, and Scorpio is only too happy to indulge them with his origin. It so happens that he isn't the first but the second Scorpio, with the original villain dying at the hands of Nick Fury. Upon his death, the Zodiac Key is discarded and almost forgotten if not for Fury's brother who covertly retrieved the key for his own use. The power of the Zodiac Key ultimately maddened him, and as he became the second Scorpio, Nick Fury also inevitably defeated him and took the Zodiac Key away. Fury later used it to impersonate Scorpio to infiltrate the crime cartel known as the Zodiac, all whilst his brother, the defeated Scorpio, lay in wait, hoping to take back what was his. 
Through an endless search via secret transmission channels and ultimately dumb luck, the Zodiac Key was reclaimed once again which allowed for Scorpio to return and to build on his plan for world domination. Meanwhile, back at the Defender's living quarters, Hellcat and Valkyrie receive an astral message from Clea at the Sanctum Sanctorum, telling them that Moon Knight has arrived and wishes to see them. With their coffee already ruined, Hellcat and Valkyrie dash out to find Aragorn, Valkyrie's winged steed, to take them over to see Clea and Moon Knight. Back at Scorpio's lair in New Jersey, Jack Norris is shocked to see Scorpio activate the Zodiac Chamber, and it buzzes to life thanks to the Zodiac Key and an immense surge of electricity. Slowly, eleven reanimated artificial figures come to life, and Scorpio cackles at witnessing his devious plan seen to fruition. Not far off, Nighthawk tries to reason with Fury and see if he can let him free. Unfortunately, Fury remains conflicted and leaves Nighthawk to his shackles. Back in Greenwich Village, Moon Knight, Valkyrie, and Hellcat plot to get the Hulk alongside them to go and rescue Jack Norris. They find the Jade Giant in the park, having only recently scared off a group of picnickers in order to steal their food. The trio plead with the Hulk to help them rescue Jack, but the Hulk is not interested in the slightest. He's tired of humans and fighting and just wants to be left alone. Valkyrie regret regrettably annoys the Hulk, hoping to anger him. She gets what she wishes for, and after destroying the picnic table and food, he charges at her. The fight spans across the city as Moon Knight and Hellcat join Valkyrie in taunting the Hulk. And now, foul demon, face the vengeance of the Moon Knight, and the Moon will not tolerate your interference. Their plan, though destructive, appears to be working. By angering the Hulk, they aim to lure him towards Scorpio's lair in order for him to fight and defeat Jack Norris's captor. With Crescent Dark's throne, kicks to the head, and tires hurled, the trio simultaneously manage to rile the Hulk while also keeping him away from the curious crowd of onlookers. They head to the Lincoln Tunnel with the Hulk in tow. But the Hulk proves smarter than they anticipated, and he waits for them at the end of the Lincoln Tunnel, having vaulted across the entire width of the river. Moon Knight calls in Frenchie and the Mooncopter to assist, and under a hail of gunfire, the Hulk looks up from whence the bullets are fired. With his attention now turned towards the flying Frenchman, the trio escape out of the tunnel and jump onto the Mooncopter's rope ladder to be whisked away. The Hulk, not easily defeated, latches onto the tail of the Mooncopter with an almighty leap. Risking one of her nine lives, Hellcat amazingly manages to dislodge the Hulk with a well-timed kick, and he plummets into the river below. Short of their target, Moon Knight taunts the Hulk from a rooftop, and madder than ever before, the Hulk again leaps out of the river and crashes through the rooftop, narrowly missing Moon Knight. The rooftop belongs to none other than the Scorpio and his lair, and as alarms sound, Scorpio arrives at the scene of the crash, expecting to see Moon Knight, who has escaped his death trap not hours before. To his surprise, it isn't Moon Knight, but an enraged Hulk. Hulk smash! The Hulk is seeing red, and not only from Scorpio's costume, mind you, but is ready to fight anyone standing in his way. It is not only Scorpio, however, that comes to greet the Hulk. Behind Scorpio stand the other eleven Zodiac, reanimated from the Zodiac Chamber and ready to rumble. And that is where the issue ends. Yes. So, um... A great telling there from, thank you so much guys, Chris and Brian from the Ghost Rider podcast, Vengeance Unbound. 
Hey, uh, what a fantastic radio play, Connor. <laughs> I, uh, just, just enamoured, I think, uh, <laughs> I think everyone was laughing along with us just there. I think that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, thanks to the boys for doing that, especially so, uh, so close to Christmas. They, uh, yeah. didn't just sort of get it out of the way quickly. They put all their heart and soul into that. And yeah. they may be inner demons on the podcast, but they're angels to us. Oh, oh that is that is some smooth talk in there, Connor. That is fantastic. Wow. Hit me up, boys. <laughs> no, but yeah, really, really much appreciated. That's so much effort put into that. And it's a, it's a great way to kind of uh, relive the issue, Connor. So um, plenty happening here in this issue of um, 49. And compared to uh, last week's uh, issue 48, uh, I found this a lot more enjoyable. How about yourself? I thought it was the exact opposite. Oh, really? <laughs> My score definitely increased for this one. I thought this one was just... I'm not sure what was... I feel it was better written, uh-huh. but at the same time, I think I enjoyed how bad... So bad it was good it was last issue that this one had an improvement and therefore kind of didn't have me as much. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I, look, I'm, I just love the old punchy-punchy. So, uh, you know, any <laughs> any uh, any fights with a Hulk is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, uh, anyway... Um, Let's uh let's get into it then. Um, so, uh, I'll ask you maybe Connor if you want to kick off your first aspect. Yeah. Well, look. How about we start? Hmm. Oh yeah. Let's uh kick off with my first with um, Moon Knight. Actually, he is once again from last issue really the one keeping everyone up to speed. He gets the defenders in to help Jack Norris or start the plan to get. Uh, Hellcat, well, goes to the Sanctorum and gets Hellcat and um, Valkyrie, who gets Hulk, mm-hmm. sort of, and sort of entirely leads the charge. Once again, this issue would be nothing without Moon Knight, you know, that would just be dead in the water without Moon Knight. What a hero. Um, And Moon Knight here is written really snarkily. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you've ever read some Moon Knight, like his, his own series, and he's had that bit of snark, imagine that, like, taken to to 11 on the dial and it almost seems like the author's commenting on what happened through Moon Knight which was a uh, kind of delightful to read. Yeah, I'll look, I reckon you'd be snarky too if you had to tell these other heroes uh, how to do their thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, again, there's a big push here for Moon Knight to, to actually um, direct this whole uh, this whole caper. I mean, uh, the idea was to, to rope in the Hulk um, and use the Hulk because, let's face it, he's acting like a, a big kind of petulant child um, to kind of rope him in and help him out uh, to, to save Jack Norris and Nighthawk. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Moon Knight was instrumental in it. Again, makes me think, Connor, that um, that there was a massive push by the uh, the editors to kind of get Moon Knight in the spotlight and, and try, to, try to garner him more fans. Uh, what do you reckon? I th- I, th- I think so as well. You know, this kind. Uh, yeah, I think um, thinking exactly what I was thinking last issue. Just sort of this kind of cool push. You know, bringing bringing him in from um, you know, his own series and probably the biggest title he's been on. I'd ima- I mean, I have no idea how well these things sell uh, sold back yeah, then, but I imagine Defenders was a pretty decently big wigs title, or at least bigger than something like Werewolf by Night or mm-hmm. you know Marvel Premiere could provide. And I think um. The writer whose name I've forgotten 
David Craft. Yeah, I think um, I think he was definitely sort of given the push to promote Moon Knight and just sort of had fun with it, you know, sort of used everything to the advantage of a Moon Knight's arsenal and um, Moon Copter we saw mm-hmm. flying about as ugly as it was. Um, Frenchie, uh, you know, reference to Frenchie as the pilot. Yeah. You know, the truncheon, the crescent darts, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I... It, looking at it from that perspective, I think um, Kraft actually did pretty well with promoting this uh, this cool looking hero for for a new audience as well. Yeah, and just ones wanting more of his capers from back then. Yeah, yeah, true. Because um, it it really does give him time to to like flesh out, you know, what he can and can't do. Uh, there, there's a certain freedom that he has as well because he's not part of the team, um, so he he can do things on his own and. Um, you know, investigate a bit more, but he, as, as we mentioned, he does uh, call on first Clea because um, he goes to the um, Sanctorum uh, and asks Clea to um, contact Hellcat and um, and Valkyrie. It seems that uh, telephones weren't in existence back in the day there, Connor, because um, <laughs> it's it's quite quite extravagant. You know, when Moon Knight wants to call on someone, he goes to a um, a sorceress to uh, <laughs> to um, you know magically you know telecommunicate but uh yeah no moonlight uh, moon knight is um is doing really well and look i think it's the first um maybe the only chance we get to see moon knight go toe-to-toe with a hulk um which is is pretty cool uh yeah actually mm, but yeah he does like as you're saying he's pretty snarky as well but um he's quite wily i mean if you look at um trying to trick the hulk uh, when the Hulk falls from the sky from Hellcat's um, kick into the river, uh, it's Moon Knight that takes the initiative and gets himself dropped off um, on the rooftop of Scorpio's lair um, just to kind of lure and bait the Hulk into actually um, into actually crashing into the lair. So, uh, so you know, um, uh, MVP moment here for, for, for Moon Knight again. He's, um, he's pretty good. Um, and, and that kind of leads into my first aspect as well is, uh, basically one of the main, well, one of the main joys for me for this issue was, was actually the Hulk. Um, it was teased a little in, in issue 48 where we just got that really, um, random scene of the Hulk just kind of, um, burbling in the bushes, you know, just wondering what to do. And now we see him here. Um, it's a little... <laughs> a little flat, I think, on Kraft's behalf of, um, of 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 fleshing out the Hulk here because he ends up just scaring people having a picnic and uh, just eating their food. So <laughs> it's a it's a pretty a pretty odd and a pretty simple um, way to explain what the Hulk is doing in the park. But um, yeah, one of the main joys of this issue is the Hulk um, and him taking on the Defenders and Moon Knight. Um, so we see a battle all across the city um and what i loved at first you get to see um valkyrie's strength um she oh that's a bit later she tosses a tire at him uh she also yeah and this is the thing while while hulk is eating a a chicken a drumstick um to actually get him angry she just um destroys a picnic table so so again um small things at stake here but uh it's enough to to set the hulk off and uh, he follows him all across the city um, trying to basically, I think, smash them. Um, and uh, Valkyrie uh, tosses a tire at him um, to make sure he doesn't um, hurt 
the onlookers. Uh, Moon Knight tries one of his crescent darts, um, at, and he throws it at the Hulk with a poink. Uh, it does nothing to the Hulk, and um, he the Hulk says Hulk will smash stupid Moon Man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit of fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was just fun, Connor. Like just seeing the Hulk go go uh, go crazy and um, try to take on these heroes. W- what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the bulk of this issue, but definitely the best thing to come out of, I think, these sort of stories so far. It was dumb. It was a, a bit fun. Yeah. Um, I think, actually, probably some of the best art, too, was rendering Hulk, mm-hmm. running around the city, destroying stuff. I think there was some fun to have with the debris and the yeah all the crazy flips these heroes keep doing when they're thrown th- from the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, pr- you know, pretty pretty good description of their, uh, everyone's characters as well. You know, Valkyrie's strengths, Moon Knight's wile, as you said, and Hellcat. Well, she's quite yeah. agile, isn't she? She, she does a lot. Yeah, of... true. Actually, she manages to like flip him off. Yeah. By, um, removing his balance into the river. Yeah. And she, she hasn't got any, um, I'm not too familiar with Hellcat. She hasn't got any like superpowers. Is she like, she's just agile, right? Or I don't think so. Or at no. least not at this point. I think it was yeah. post this point that she like went to hell or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause she's not like super strong or anything. So she's just like, she's trying to no. take on the Hulk, which is a, he's a massive class 100, um, you know, um, super being, I, I, yeah, I found this a lot more enjoyable than the, um, the, the, uh, the Scorpio side of the story, which is, you know, admittedly <laughs> the main bit of the story. Um, uh, yeah. And it just a lot of dumb fun with the Hulk, um, and them smashing stuff all throughout the, the city. Like we talk about, you know, Man of Steel, the movie and, and how much damage he does to the city. Uh, you just got to look at the Hulk and these guys just, um, tear through <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah that's my um third big aspect oh yeah just sort of oh, oh my yeah. second one just it's just there's plenty of terrible ideas yeah i'll get to some in a bit but the biggest one is definitely just running halt through the city mm. they're losing so much to rescue like one guy sure that might be stopping some weird zodiac people but yeah it, it, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't balance out, does it? You know, they are millions and millions of dollars worth of damage here. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but, you know, thankfully he doesn't kill anyone, which is good. Um, yeah, that we know of, but I, I don't think he does. He's a Hulk. He's, he's generally pretty good. Um, but Valkyrie tears off a tire from a, from a taxi. You know, that's not very good, is it? And um, there's a lot of wham, whams and bams, you know, the buildings. I don't know what happens, whether... <laughs> The Hulk punches the building or, you know, it happens a couple of times. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a few silly ideas here, Connor, as well. I've got a, I've got a couple up my sleeve as well. What are your other ones? Um, I think uh, with the big reveal of Nick Fury in this issue as well, uh, yes. the idea of the, uh, the LMD was stupid. I'm just sort of uh, flicking yeah, through yeah. as well. I think uh, one of the one of the biggest, um, and it kind of ties into to my other aspect about Scorpio's origin. One of the silliest things was the um, the Zodiac key, and how it was lost and and later found. Um, basically, uh, you know, there was an original Zodiac. Um, he gets defeated. He loses a key. This Zodiac finds the key. It gets lost again, um, and there was a duplicate key. And this is all done in like, footnotes. Uh, duplicate key was sent to Earth by aliens. 
as a ploy and a second key was spawned by Satan in, in a Ghost Rider issue, um, blah, 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 all that happens. Uh, and then the real Zodiac key or whatever, I think from the aliens, falls out of the sky, hits the head of a hobo. He finds it. He sells it to a pawn shop. And by pure coincidence, um, this uh, the brother of Nick Fury finds it. And, and buys it for uh, a couple of bucks for five for ten bucks it looks like um i mean come on that is really <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch i think i actually know that that was totally it i was flicking through i was like i knew there was something and it's totally that yeah the amount of just ridiculous footnotes in this there oh was yeah just like oh see agents of shield one Agents of shield five avengers yeah da 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 defenders 47 uh fan mag yeah, yeah. Oh, what else have we got here? It's it's a blatant thing, isn't it, for Marvel to try and get you to to get the other issues to kind of make sense of all this. Or you know, if you're interested, half interested in as a uh, uh, you know the Zodiac Key and Scorpio. But um, yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, that was there was that one. Um, I like the exploding coffee pot as well. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Hellcat. Ruins a coffee and, and Valkyries. What? Why did you scream? Oh, I'm just so darn nervous. I can't even make coffee. I mean, I don't know why that was put in there. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, for gags. It was kind of funny for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the weirdest thing about this, this sort of run of issues. And I have no idea how long Kraft spent on this title. But these story ideas almost seem so half-baked with just mm. sort of... Defenders lineup and Moon Knight's involvement almost Marvel being like, here's these characters, write about them, yeah, get people to buy the titles, and it's just such a weirdly half baked story with yeah. so many weird ideas. And I mean, exactly, exactly as you put half baked. I mean that that whole thing with the Hulk in the park. It's like it's almost as if Kraft going, okay, so what's he doing in the park? Oh. He must be looking for food. Oh yeah, let, let's have him kind of take a picnic. Like it's it's really really weird. You know, these are such little stakes, yet they they are like crucial points to the story. Like you're kind of wondering why am why are we you know why should I be worried about a picnic you know thing? Why is a Hulk there? Yeah, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah yeah, a, a few little uh, little weird ideas. Um, I do like also as well on page twenty-two, you can you can see uh, Scorpio applying his makeup as well. So yeah. he's got that weird orange lower half of his face, which is the only bad bit I think of his costume. Again, if we were um, gonna compare him with Conquer Lord, um, he's got a pretty cool costume, but I don't know why he covers the lower half of his face with with orange. Um, and what was the thing about the LMD, Connor, as well? Yeah, that uh, we got the real realization of um, Nick Fury. Oh yes, yes. Um, yeah, being an LMD, that's why he's sort of been evil and yes. not the Nick Fury we know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was conven- yeah, uh, conveniently, you know. Yeah, and this LMD seems to have so much trouble with um, uh, what's his name, bloody Scorpio, Scorpio. doing it. He might as well have gotten. Someone else that isn't just a dumb LMD to do it. Yeah, yeah. I know we needed the shield connection, but uh, it's just, it's all over the shop. I it, think that's my biggest takeaway from this issue and everything we've read so far. Yeah, it is It is a bit weird. And and thank God they um they kind of retconned a bit um, because 
Dan Slot has used um, the Zodiac and the Zodiac Key in recent runs of The Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, that was a lot more. That was a lot more uh, entertaining, I think. I mean, this is entertaining in a different way. We're talking, again, Bronze Age stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Zodiac is still definitely around. Uh, and, and Slot loves using, um, you know, near-forgotten characters. Um, but, uh, yeah, th this story is kind of all over shop. The, the, and the other thing I'm kind of interested in as well, um, which will be shown on the 50th issue of The Defenders, um, would be the other Zodiac members. Like um, on that last page, Connor, we get we get Zodiac, um, sorry, Scorpio, and uh, we get to see the start of uh, one of the Zodiac members. You know, the very the very uh, hairy man on the left, um, but the other the other <laughs> the others are in silhouette. So uh, I'll be keen to see you know uh, the other members of the Zodiac and what they can do. Yeah. Um... Gonna say. Oh yeah, there's a whole like one issue left in this little story too. I hope these um I hope I do hope the Zodiac sort of get a bit more time to play. Even if the whole next issue is just sort of punchy punches, it has like all the Zodiac members to good effect. I feel like they should have been introduced earlier. Yeah, they should have had this weird kerfuffle. I feel like it would have been more entertaining with those guys in it. Definitely. It's uh yeah, yeah. That they left them all too late and it looks like it's uh they're only gonna come out during the climax. Um but, you know, the fun thing is that we get the Hulk as well. Uh, are, you, are you a fan of the Hulk, Connor? I haven't read enough of him. I don't think I've read a single comic that just has the Hulk in the title and no one else. I've never read Planet ah. Hulk, World War Hulk, nothing. Oh, okay. So i, I got to grab some, like, highlights from you, I think, from MU, because, yeah, I just have nothing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it, it, I guess different... Um, Look, back in the day when I was like a, a young fella as well, um, you know, before the Avengers, the Avengers, um, you know, before we didn't have all that sort of stuff. Um, and the, the Hulk and Spider-Man, of course, Batman and Superman were um, were big things. You know, you, you still see it these days. You can get the costumes of Spider-Man and Batman. Um, the Hulk was a big thing. And, and um, around my time when I was when I was a young fella, uh, the Hulk TV series was out um, with, oh. yeah, with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrino. Um, uh, and that was a, a really successful um, TV show. I remember as a family, we, we'd watch that um, hmm. every evening. And, and I was infatuated as a little kid with the Hulk. I really did love him, um, just, you know, how strong and powerful he was. So, um, yeah, anything with the Hulk is, is fun. You know, the, I do like the old classic dumb Hulk. Um, I, you know, I don't mind the the newer iterations with the Grey Hulk and uh, and the uh, combined Hulk as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun to have him in, um, have him in there. But um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just <laughs> just wanted to uh, <laughs> just wanted to say that because uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun just to see the Hulk do that, do his stuff. Um, I guess yeah, I mean so. Uh, a, uh, a fun romp, uh, another continuation, part two, and it uh, looks like we're going to come up with uh, part three, the final the final um, part, next issue. But uh, with Crescent Dart ratings, Connor, um, and having uh, reviewed part one just last week, what would you be giving this one, issue 49? Oh, that's tough. I think I gave the last issue 2.5, and I think... This is definitely a better quality uh, quality of issue, even if it didn't entertain me as much. I'd probably give it another two and a half crescent darts, just because it it was slightly better, but 
still wasn't enough to make me like I'm still sort of on board yeah. with where this issue is going, but it's still just another sort of perfectly average comic I read because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's totally understandable. I, I um I gave two I think last issue, um, and I'll have to bump this up to two point five as well. Um, more so as I mentioned, I enjoyed the um I enjoyed them actually trying to get the Hulk rather than them, than the actual story, you know, the actual driver for the story itself with Scorpio. Yeah. So it was fun to see that. Scorpio and it's, is rubbish. Yeah. And, and it's fun to see, um, fun to see heroes, um, uh, fighting heroes. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it for that, um, which was good. Um, so the big difference here, um, the Hulk has bumped it up to two and a half as well. So that gives it <laughs> two and a half crescent darts. Uh, it was good to see Mooney. I go. mean, yeah, I mean, Mooney was, was prominent here. Um, yeah, it was actually. Yeah. But uh, we have another issue now uh, up for review, uh, and it is predominantly Mooney, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, what do we have again here, Connor? Oh, well, let's just throw it to these guys again. Take it away. Okay, take it away, guys. Next, for our second synopsis, is Moon Knight Volume 3, Issue Number 2, which is Resurrection War Phase 2. Crescents, which was released in February of 1998, written by uh, Moon Knight's creator Doug Minch, with artists Tommy Lee Edwards and Robert Campanella, colorist Melissa Edwards, letterer Ken Lopez, and editor Mark Bernardo. Moon Knight jumps into the moon jet with Frenchie in order to gain some answers for his mysterious rebirth and cryptic premonitions. Leaving Marlene behind at Grant Mansion, the moon jet flies into the night and soon arrives at the abandoned church in the South Bronx. Moon Knight's aim is to meet Stained Glass Scarlet there, the real Stained Glass Scarlet, and for her to hopefully have some answers. Astoundingly, Stained Glass Scarlet is in the church, on her knees and deep in prayer. Moon Knight interrupts her, and he soon discovers that her prayers were begging forgiveness for her sins. Scarlet reveals that she had just recently returned from a hunt in which she claimed two of the three lives of contract killers which she had sought out in her ever-going quest for redemption. Her ruse also involved luring the third killer to the church, where she intended to finish him off. Moon Knight's sudden appearance, however, had complicated the matter. Suddenly, a man bursts in with a gun and shoots at Stained Glass Scarlet. She is hit in the shoulder, and before the killer can take a second shot at the Crimson Angel, Moon Knight leaps into action and beats the killer senseless. Shockingly, an arrow bolt pierces the throat of the man, and Moon Knight turns around to see Scarlet, crossbow in hand, and having finally claimed her intended victim. Moon Knight questions Scarlet about the killers, and it is learned that they were under the employ of Carson Knowles, aka the Black Spectre a man whom Moon Knight believed to be in prison. Stained Glass Scarlet informs him that strings were pulled in order for Carson Knowles to be set free, and she makes an even darker claim that the Knowles also now serves an even higher and darker power. His intent is to take over the city, and it had been Scarlet's intent to stop him. Have recent events leading to Moon Knight meeting Stained Glass Scarlet's sheer coincidence, or ESP? Scarlet posits the question to Moon Knight and suggests his role in this game may have been to assist her in her quest to take down Knowles, in the very least to save her life. Moon Knight patches up Scarlet's injured shoulder, then leaves in the moonjet, pondering her words. 
After a quick change of clothes, Moon Knight is now Jake Lockley, and he hits the streets to gather information on Knowles and any possible whereabouts. He meets up with Gina and Crawley at Gina's diner, and Crawley notifies Jake of Pier 23, a place where miscreants have recently been known to frequent. Jake thanks Crawley and promises to get him a fresh tea bag before heading out to plan his next move. A short cut to Egypt shows the investigation into Simon Darkover's death, which occurred last issue. Though at first appears to have been caused by a heart attack, the bruising around his neck says otherwise. The detective and police on the scene note the new statue of Set, the god of death, nearby, but do not let their superstitions get the better of them. They dispel any supernatural reasons for Darkover's death and resume their investigation. Back at Grant Mansion, Stephen Grant and Marlene discuss how Morpheus may be behind Stephen's rebirth in some way. Marlene confirms that it would be impossible, as Morpheus is still in Ravencroft Asylum, under lock and key. Exhausted from the recent events, Stephen settles for bed and promises to investigate further once he's gained some rest. A disturbing incident at Ravencroft Asylum shows a warden bringing in a meal to Robert Markham, aka Morpheus. It appears that the warden has routinely brought in Morpheus's meals and has watched him eat and sleep. As the warden picks up the food tray, we see that the cell is indeed empty. Morpheus has somehow escaped but left the illusion that he's still there. Moon Knight and Black Spectre battle out an ancient and unending war as foretold between Khonshu and Set. The Black Spectre taunts Moon Knight as he shouts, The moon's feeble light can never overcome my greater darkness. With a greater faith in himself, Black Spectre gets the better of Moon Knight and eventually bludgeons Moon Knight's face as Steven awakens. It was just a nightmare. It reveals to Steven that Khonshu had spoken to him and that another god, Conchu's enemy, must be stopped. Steven is unsure whether he can beat this new enemy, as his faith in Conchu has diminished over the years. Marlene consoles Steven and reassures him that her faith in Conchu's will ensure Moon Knight's victory. Another small interlude shows the museum in Egypt where the recently unearthed set statue stands. A security guard patrols the exhibits, but is suddenly attacked by what looks to be a mummy from a sarcophagus. It claims his life and returns to its coffin, all in the shadow of the statue of Set. Moon Knight and Frenchie gear up to fly to Pier 23, based on the information given by Crawley. Inside a warehouse at the pier, Black Spectre and his henchmen are there, having recently abducted a politician and the hope to sway the votes for the city. Moon Knight crashes in from the skylight and prepares to fight Black Spectre. Black Spectre wields his mace, and just as the fight begins, his words echo that of Moon Knight's nightmare. The moon's feeble light can never overcome my greater darkness. And that's the end of the issue. Uh, I want to thank the guys from Into the Night for letting us come in and do these uh, synopses for them. Uh, we've had a blast. And uh, I just want to say, you know, obviously Ghost Rider is my, my favorite character, uh, but one of my kids... Uh, Logan is nine years old, and his favorite character is Moon Knight. He loves Moon Knight, and that's actually what he's getting for Christmas is a couple of Moon Knight books. So uh, he's gonna he's gonna be really happy to know that I did something on a Moon Knight podcast. So guys, thanks for letting us thanks for letting us be a part of it. We really appreciate it. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks so much. Another cracking read. Uh... Thank you, boys, for coming on, doing such an amazing job, such amazing quality with this. I think if you haven't checked out uh, Vengeance Unbound in the Demons, 
I think those readings are what you can imagine they'd bring to their own podcast and talking about the things they love as well with all things Ghost Rider. I think you got yourself a perfect advertisement for why you must check out that podcast. Oh. Thanks once again, boys. Yeah, thanks, Crack. boys. That was bloody awesome. And how cool is that? Uh, Chris's son, Logan... Uh, is a little is a is a Moon Knight fan, the yeah, little fella. That was so cute. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm sure he'll be blessed with a couple of really nice Mooney comics or books uh, this Christmas. So um, yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, but look, yeah, likewise, uh, hey, you know, as Connor and I have mentioned, we're we're currently going through Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider as well. Uh, a recommendation from Brian, so thank you, and it has been stellar. So uh, yeah. Uh, just a big thanks, and what a what a great read for this awesome issue, Connor. Yeah, I yeah definitely sort of my complaints with the last last issue sort of uh, folded away with with uh, this one. I think there was a there's a lot of great things to take from this one. Um, writing definitely improved. The art mm-hmm. continues to be amazing oh, with everything yeah, we talked about. Definitely. The last issue. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Ray? Oh, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I, I thought I thought it really. Um, I think really built off uh, the first issue, uh, starting to, to get um, starting to see some of the pieces in place now as well, uh, and uh, it wasn't as ambiguous. I guess as all these visions that Moon Knight had in the first issue, uh, we got mentioned now of um, of you know the big well the big bad apart from Set, which is pretty cool, and uh, yeah, and and a bit of action and still uh, teasing a bit more. Um, a bit more of uh, of sets power, but uh, yeah, I love the art. I loved, yeah, I loved a lot about this. <laughs> um, yeah, um, shall we? Shall we dive right into our aspects? I think that is the best course of action. I'll let you lead the charge here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. One of the main aspects for me was actually yeah the reveal of of Carson Knowles, the Black Spectre, as um, the the tangible. Uh, villain of the piece uh, so last uh, issue uh, there were a, a lot of um, I guess battles that that Moon Knight had uh, on the astral plane or wherever it was that he was at uh, and now it's revealed as he meets up with Stained Glass Scarlet that uh, that it's actually Black Spectre and, and Stained Glass Scarlet is actually chasing after Black Spectre as well um, the, the three thugs that she kills are connected to, to Carson Knowles um, and she reveals a little bit as well that uh, he uh, somehow escaped prison. Um, we don't know how. Some strings were pulled. Uh, and he's causing havoc again. Um, and what I love about this as well is that, again, we get the big contrast. Uh, Moon Knight, the White Knight, and, and Black Spectre. The, uh, you know, the darkness. Uh, and so we get Conchu versus, versus Set. And um, it's alluded to that. Uh, Black Spectre is under the control, I guess, of Set or under the influence. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to see uh, Black Spectre back. I agree, and it was almost sort of like um, sort of the split um, of this issue. You know, we have this big setup of Set and everything, but it still sort of was an awesome sort of street level mm. political corruption story with Black Spectre as well. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I think the way we played out with um, how um, Black Spectre was written well um, really worked here. You know, he was really threatening, especially at the end. And yeah. I think the way Fascinera weaved into it yeah. and a rogue uh, and a gunman, I think, was just... Um, yeah, 
she was yeah, yeah she cool. yeah she she was very uh smartly used i think by um by Doug Munch here to be kind of like the um the connection for Moon Knight and and the informant for him uh, and uh as you mentioned just to go on further to what you were mentioning Connor i love the fact that um okay although we have this kind of egyptian setting with set um and then we have this street level um by knowing that Carson Knowles is uh is operating on the streets and and you know abducting people there is also I love that that scene uh, in Mark's nightmare when they battle it out, and um, both of them are basically pawns for for Conchu and Set, um, and uh, yeah, just the the uh, the obvious contrast between black and white, um, and it was quite horrifying I think when uh, when Black Spectre got the better of him in the dream, and uh, and he spouted that uh, that saying about uh, the greater darkness, and just before he deals the killing blow mark specter wakes up so um yeah a lot of uh a lot of fun i think with black specter i think so as well and sorry that's what i um, meant to say i kind of lost my train of thought there for a second but yeah i think definitely as well sort of we see him as a big key player in that uh in the sort of the street level side but that really cool dream sequence setting him up as set's player was sort of the perfect finish to that you know mm. we get to the ending of this issue and we're only just seeing moon knight battle it off with um black specter you know yes. basically just over bloody um basically political disputes but then you you think back to the dream and you're just sort of swirling with the fact that he's also going to be almost the inevitable leading the charge of Set's army against yep. Moon Knight and protecting the light. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely, and, and is uh, almost a uh, behind the scenes thing, isn't it? With with Set, he's kind of controlling. Seems like he's influencing Black Spectre, and and we've seen from the first issue um, and this issue as well how Mark is. Um, is speaking to Conchu, so so both uh, both men are being um, are being controlled, so to speak, by these these greater powers, uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's great to see. Oh, I do like Black Spectre as a as a um, a villain, one of Moon Knight's rogue gallery villains. He's he's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it's good to see him get some action. Um, how about one of your aspects, Connor? Well, actually, this leads. Pretty, sorry, just plug in uh, my charger so my laptop doesn't die. Oh, uh, I think this fits pretty perfectly into mine when it comes to the battle of um, you know, light and dark and the main players. That um, oh, I yes. think this almost has some interesting parallels with what's happening in the Bemis run at the moment with the Sun King. Yes. And uh, yep. Moon Knight with Ra and um, Conchu. This is also yet another thing of Conchu versus. Uh, Conchu versus another another god, mm-hmm. um, and the real big play here is that you know the the pretty awesome thing I got out of this that really interests me for the next things to come is the fact that Mark's kind of having a crisis of faith. You know, Black Spectre overcame him in the dream because Black Spectre has such a sort of belief in the yes. power of evil, and that's what Set sort of lives off and will lead his army of darkness with. And, you know, Moon Knight's just returned from the dead and he's not sure whether he'll find that power to defeat such an evil, uh, even as he, like, dives into battle at the end. And I think my interest in what, seeing where the series go, you know, obviously there's a lot of things, but I think Mark's personal t- uh, turmoil and the two issues is sort of where I hope to see this play out the most. And, I, you know, Moon, uh, Moon as, you know, the, the Moon Knight rider is 
Definitely, I like the way he's played so introspectively with Mark here. Mm-hmm. Last issue with the conversation with Jack Russell about the different meanings of the moon and uh, its light and this issue with um, plenty more trippy dream sequences. I think just my sort of most enjoyable takeaway is that sort of introspection. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I um, I, I do love that that aspect as well of um, of basically Mark not... not um, being a hundred percent sure of himself, um, and uh, and that being shown with him ha- not having much faith uh, in Conchu, um, so you have your your hero kind of flawed in a way because um, they're not confident, and then you have this unstoppable almost dark force that is you know a hundred percent behind its convictions, um, and and that just makes it for more of a thrilling um, confrontation, I guess, because we're backing. Um, so to speak, uh, the I wouldn't say the weaker one, but we're we're backing someone who yeah isn't isn't sure of themselves. Um, so uh, yeah, that's it's a good technique by Munch as well. And I like yeah as you mentioned, Connor, it, it does hark to uh, the current run, doesn't it? Um, with light versus dark, but uh, in Bemis's one, it's more so Conchu as the um, as the uh, I guess oh, I'd better say is the dark. Wouldn't you? You'd think it is the dark because it is the night and the Sun King as as the light. So kind of a flip here, but um, but in this this run, Moonlight is very much uh, the light versus the dark, which uh, you can't get any darker than Set, uh, the god of dark, <laughs> the god of darkness. And uh, uh, it would be interesting to see Set. I'd, I wonder if Bemis does introduce Set in there um, in the current run. So if you have the likes of the Sun King, uh, Amun-Ra, and then you have Set, then you have Konshu, it'd be a pretty cool uh, pretty cool tussle, three-way tussle, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe a bit of Conquer Lord in there as well. Oh, Conquer Lord, why not? You know, with his, with his alligators and his trap door. <laughs> uh, he's got it all set. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's very cool. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, enjoyed it as well. I'm just looking at this page of um, just before we get into other um, other aspects, uh, the little uh, the little um, subplots of, of of sets influence apart from um, Black Spectre. So we always get the cuts to to Cairo again, where the statue is, and uh, the mummy, you know, um, comes out and and um, seems to assault one of the sec- the security guards. Uh, so. You know, there's a bit more to be revealed later on. You, you just get the feeling that uh, we'll see some sort of uh, more supernatural confrontation rather than, at the moment, the street level with um, with Black Spectre. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I'll, I'll go on to the, my next aspect, which is, an, again, another um, reveal or, or lack thereof of uh, another villain of Moon Knight. So there's always been a, a bit of talk mm. yeah, about Morpheus and uh, and we did see him briefly in the issue prior, um, but it looks like he's escaped Ravencroft Asylum. He's somehow done the um, done the Houdini and uh, he's left this poor warden thinking that, you know, he's serving food to, to uh, Robert Markham in the cell, but he's in fact gone. So it would be interesting to see, Connor, what his role will be in this as well. Will he fall under Set, you know, um, or will he have another purpose? You know, is Set recruiting um, all Mark's villains? Uh, because he certainly hasn't recruited Stained Glass Scarlet, 
but uh, but it seems that Morpheus has a bigger role to play in this. Yeah, I think it's almost it's interesting and you know interesting, exciting, and a bit almost scary in a way that we're we're technically halfway through this run and we haven't yeah. even seen half of the big bads that show up. I think it's. I hope Morpheus gets to shine next issue because yeah, you know he is really interesting and I think. Um, the way it was used in some of my favorite issues, the first run, you know, issues 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way almost he can, he can almost be used as a weapon here. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see when it comes to a bigger scale fight next issue, not episode, next issue, that we'll see Morpheus being used really cool and his, you know, crazy inventive and, you know, almost undefined powers that can be used however um, Munch wants them to. Mm, he's, he's quite powerful. I mean, from our um, our spotlight of him, and, as well as reviewing his earlier um, appearance, uh, he will give Moon Knight a run for his money. He's not he's not just a big fellow dressed in black armor. He's a he's a guy that can cast illusions, um, and he's a guy that can shoot dark ebon energy from his eyes and stuff. So uh, it will be a be a tough time for Mooney if um, if Morpheus is somehow broken free and and come after him. Mm, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I just don't have much more to add. Yeah, to I yeah. Think no, no. Covered it well, and I think that'll uh, leave us nicely on just sort of a another compliment for um, Moach here. Mm-hmm. Moach. Can't believe I've been we're doing this what twenty two episodes still haven't gotten this right. Um, yeah. Down pat. Uh, yeah, I I really liked a lot of the poetry almost writing this issue. It's kind of a return to what um Monch, uh, did best back in the day. As we see uh, a lot of the dream sequences and Moon Knight's interaction with the villain, specifically the scenes with Scarlet Fascinera and the dream scene with um, Black Spectre had some really great dialogue and it was definitely the one I got sort of most attached to and most engaged with. You know, it didn't feel as exposition heavy as, no. you know, the the previous issue. This was just sort of Monch getting to write the characters like he used to, but in a new sort of modern sense. Yeah, it's, it's really... It does have a different tone to it, doesn't it? Um, uh, looking at the Fascinera uh, scene with Mark and, and Scarlet... Uh, yeah, I do love how um, he does make mention again, or, or, or Scarlet makes mention again of this ESP, this some sort of psychic connection that they might they may have, or uh, it might be just fate between these two. But I, I love that. Um, yeah, the ambiguity between between the two that there is definitely a connection between them, but it's just inexplicable at the moment. Um, and I love how Monch um, kind of teases that uh, again, uh, as well as yeah the. Uh, with the deities, with um, with Conchu, and uh, in Mark's nightmare as well, yeah, very poetic. Um, by Doug Monch, um, yeah, you know, again, just also alongside the writing, uh, again, just the the shout out, and you've mentioned with the colours and the art, I think that's um, it's just really outstanding. I really do love it. Um, Tommy Lee Edwards, he does some really great faces as well. As well as um, a lot of the the light and the dark shadows, um, again as we mentioned from last issue, uh, and Melissa Edwards's colours, um, her backgrounds um, just really pop, and I love her uh, really vibrant yellows and uh, and crimsons and greens, and uh, it really does does um, set a particular tone for this series. 
Yeah, I, I we didn't, um, and I didn't include an aspect for the art on this one, but once again, I think it's just flawless. There's just a perfectly nailed style for this sort of yeah. grim post-resurrection world of Moon Knight. I think, you know, you're right. The perfect mix of almost sort of greens and black and sort of makes it sort of this really atmospheric, dank story yeah. of, you know, death and rebirth and evil sort of controlling this world, the f- emphasis on nighttime, the the drawing and inking of Moon Knight with the amazing whites and reds and the detailed faces are just, you know, absolutely encapsulating. Even if the story was terrible, you could entirely just read this because of the art. And once again, I love the way that it does intertwine with the story, you know, that poetic writing sort of matches mm. this ethereal presence of... um both Moon Knight in the scenes with Scarlet Fascinera and Conchu later on as well really sort of gets that awesome sort of white overlooking figure in a background yeah. of a lot of the panels that really love that. sticks out. And once again, the colouring of that white contrasts to the, the greens and darks that um, Melissa Edwards mm-hmm. yeah. sets up in um, around that white just to... Just makes it absolutely pop and stand out as a focal point. Yeah, I mean, and we talk a lot about how Bill uh, Shinkovich's art um, complements Doug Monch's writing so well. Um, I just, yeah, just I just think Melissa Edwards and Tommy Lee Edwards's art here, I think it really suits Monch's work as well, um, it, in a different way. Um, and yeah, and I think it, I think they really do help each other um, carry this this story along. So. Yeah, so really, really enjoyable. Um, yeah, any uh, any other points to add? Yeah, yeah, so... No, I feel like I um, covered it there. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose I'll kick off uh, the Crescent Art ratings, unless yeah. you've got something else to add. Um, no, no, I think, I think it's uh, yeah. right for the picking. Yes, well, I think this issue was uh, an improvement for me. Um, in the story where, you know, once again, I really didn't think it was held down by the exposition style the first one it was just Monch getting to explore his characters again the hero he built up the villains we got to see more of Jake Lockley here a bit more of his world sort of properly returning of, of Spectre Stevens uh Lockley all that um you know the art and um coloring once again just no faults I don't think there was really any clunky dialogue except of a weird scene where <laughs> Moon Knight sort of quotes everything he does like truncheon crescent oh yeah (laughs) that was kind of weird yeah yeah but uh, apart from that i think this was just a really a really good issue um and i think i'm kind of am scared that this is where we've gotten halfway through it sort of got me scared excited for hoping to see how this will all be pulled off in just two issues but i think this in itself looking at itself as an issue was a pretty pretty fantastic read and i give it a four out of five crescent darts oh wow cool yeah i mean i was impressed with this as well um again just just as we mentioned recently the the writing and the art it wasn't too overly um overly written uh although there's there is a lot of text there but um the art from tommy lee edwards from the shadows um to the close-ups of the faces were really really impressive the colors um just go without saying as well um are really really good as well uh yeah, good point, Connor. About it is a four part. Four parts are always tricky because they're, you know, these days they are quite short, um, and 
you would think by now that we would be a little further on than where we were, but uh, I think that's down to Monch really setting up a lot in the first issue, which that took up a lot. Um, so might be a little behind, and we'll see what the last two kind of give. Um, uh, look, I, I'm still uh, still enjoy this issue. Uh, I'll give it three and a half. Um, so kind of on par with um, on par with the first one. Uh, although I did, I mean, I did like this slightly more, but um, look, I, I like to play it safe and, and say three and a half mm-hmm. again, uh, which again is, is a decent score, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, it, it makes me want to see what happens next. Ending with the confrontation with Black Spectre is always um, going to kind of keep you wanting more. Um, but let's hope uh, the next issue will kind of at least start, I guess, wrapping up stuff a lot. Yeah, it'll really be how fast we move in those next two issues as well, balancing a proper story. Yeah, we'll see. But at at that, at least, I'm super excited to crack into it when we get to it. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen much of you know the uh, the subplot of um of set the the statue, and and we haven't seen much. I mean, we've only been introduced to the mummy now, so there, there's a lot to cover to um in the last two issues. But yeah, we'll see how we go. It, it's uh it's been a enjoyable one. Um, but yeah, three and a half and four. So there you go, Loonies. Uh, um, pretty, um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty good recommendation for, for this second issue of Resurrection War. Well, Connor, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think, uh, well, that, that wraps it up for the, for this issue. Um, oh, not issue, <laughs> this episode. Um, yeah. uh, next phase, um, which will be yeah. next year. Um, yes, we will be looking. So yeah, the last episode for this year. Last, as well. yeah. So this will wrap up the the uh, last episode for this year, um, and we'll be hitting the next year. It will be. Uh, it'll probably be like a. It'll be around the week after it's released um, on the Wednesday, but um, we should have a review of Moon Knight Volume Nine, Issue One Hundred and Ninety, Crazy Runs in the Family, Part Three. Um, and that will be fun to to sink our teeth into. That's uh, Sun King and Moon Knight uh, coming face to face. If the uh, the cover uh, is anything to go by, uh, we'll have another guest narrator um, as well there. But uh, yeah, that that's um, that's for next phase. Um, and also Connor, I think we spoke about it just um, just before the this episode. Um, how about we we might even fit in um, a Funko Pop review. Yes, mine came in. My uh, the new one, the Excellent. classic outfit. Yep, uh, mine is staring at me as we speak, and uh, yeah, can't wait to to do another toy uh, a Funko Pop review. So um, that will be pretty cool for next phase. Uh, yeah, and um, so before we wrap up, I guess Connor, um, just one final spectacle a shout out. I guess we'll go to Vengeance Unbound. Um, uh, just a few details there, kind of. Sorry, do you want to do you want to um, uh, shout these out? Um, yes, happily. Um, so check out Vengeance Unbound at uh, their own website, mm-hmm. vengeanceunbound.blogspot.com.au. You'll find all their podcasts. I know they've sort of a blog post as well. They put write-ups and yeah. reviews up there as well and they're, they're, um, i think that's like 10 years strong i think chris has been yeah. he's been uh, absolute veterans fucking, yeah fantastic so a wealth um uh of of information there um to check out uh you can find them on facebook at facebook.com slash vengeance unbound for everything they put up there and they're 
wonderfully active on Twitter at, at innerdemonsgr. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're quite active there. So drop them a line. Say hi to, to Brian and, and Chris um, and let them know that they're doing a great job because their show is a ripper. I just um, I listened to the latest one, Connor, and it was, uh, oh, awesome. that, yeah, they reviewed Thanos number 13 with um, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone's right. been talking about that. Uh, that's Donny Cates as well, isn't it? I yes, think it is, it yeah. Is, see? Uh, with a cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, which is so much fun. Uh, I've got to read it, actually. I, um, I, I feel like I've read about it more than... <laughs> and, and I pretty <laughs> much know it. Uh, and also, they reviewed Spirits of Vengeance, issues two and three. So, um, get in there, uh, uh, loonies or, or, uh, or flameheads, if you're, if you're um, partial to Ghost Rider. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess finally, uh, where you can find us would be uh, on email at moonnightpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, most of our stuff is on our website, which is intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, there'll be links there to all our social platforms. Uh, we're on Facebook. We have our page, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight, and our Facebook group, which uh, is so much fun to um, to chat and post up stuff. That's on facebook.com slash groups slash intothenight. Uh, also on Twitter, you can find us on at ITKMoonNight. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, um, those other social platforms, as well as all good podcast catches. Also, finally, as well, I just wanted to say we had a, a really good chat on um, our chat room, which is uh, the Looney Bin. So uh, if you go to our Facebook group, um, you can find the link there on the About description uh, and just jump right in. And, uh, yeah, we can chat all things Moon Knight. Um, so, yeah, thanks once again, Loonies, for for sticking with us. Uh, it's been a great first year. Uh, Connor, it has been absolutely awesome to, to host this uh, podcast with you. It's been uh, very, very fun indeed. Um, yeah, we've got some good times ahead. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this year's journey. Hope you have a great um, 2018, where I hope we'll still be in your listening pile, and thanks to Ray for being the one to kick up everything about this, really. He created the group that spawned this podcast. He was the one that got me into it, you know. <laughs> oh, that's when it's come to this build, this has been all Ray, oh. putting down the bricks, and uh, yeah. Oh, but look, hey, couldn't have done it without him. Yeah, and we, we podcast host of the year. <laughs> and we, but we certainly cannot have done it without you loonies as well so thank you for all the support and uh look it only it only works if we're all in there discussing and uh and uh, having fun together so a big thank you once again um yeah connor i guess uh i'll see you on the other side of uh of 2018 yes and um as always until then and after then (laughs) and forever and ever into the after void Yes. May Conchu look after the denizens of the night. (laughs) Goodbye. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.